2: Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST.
3: Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. Hello there, and welcome to the Untitled Film Podcast with Callum and Johnny. Hi, I'm Johnny. There's nothing to interrupt there that's worth interrupting, <laughs> because it's just such a beige, kind of, shouty man, voice man person. Um, there's nothing to How pick on. Shouty? What, what is that shouty? What uh, world is that shouty? Just radio voice. It was a regular radio voice, and there was nothing that I could go, okay. you're doing that accent. You're doing that accent thing you're doing whatever so i'm just interrupting know, I for the sake of interrupting tend to try to do accents because you just sort of stumble it into just it just happens
1: yeah yeah I, I kind of feel like if you try and do accents you you're on a road to insulting somebody well exactly and
3: we've pretty much insulted everybody now i know um yeah and i'm callum oh, are you yeah oh. yeah it's a shame It's a shame. It? <laughs> i was
1: stupid dog brain to be here instead you keep saying that <laughs> <laughs> keep threatening it. it never happens well we'll see we shall see um yeah welcome back to another
3: normal edition after our special edition last week of the untitled film podcast with and Cameron last and week we were jetting off in the world where he was and uh, now we're back and ready to go we are indeed and then um and then we're not back for very long and then we'll be off both of
1: us yes to the other side of the world but that is another story uh so you may be getting a nice little podcast from asia uh, that would be fun in just in future Make but sure people... to watch some films on the plane to make sure that we've got something <laughs> to watch. To talk about yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, but Callum, if people want to watch our adventures in Asia, I suspect we might post a couple of photos. I'm sure we board, will if we find something uh, interesting. Um, where?
3: What kind of places might they find that stuff? Well, on Facebook and Instagram, you can go to Untitled Film Podcast. Or one word, and on YouTube we post our episodes there as well for the people who haven't got with the um, podcasting revolution. Hello, mum, and uh, we ask questions. And this week I asked, um, "What's your go-to spooky season Halloween movie if you only had to pick one?" We did get an answer from Dog Brain Videos, and uh, all he said was Ev- anything with zombies, which is really helpful uh, yeah. when I asked for one movie. <laughs> but anyway, do you think you like zombies? I think you must do. Fair enough. What about you? What's your go-to? The Thing. Okay. I think it's my favourite horror movie. And it's, I think it's the only, as much as I love horror movies, I think it's the only one in my, sort of properly in my top ten. Uh, but it's just a perfect movie. Okay. I think, it's quite hard because I'm not that big on horror movies in a way. So
1: it's either something quite left field. But if I'm going to go kind of more like straight horror, The Shining, although that's still not that horror-y. Um, I do like the the first kind of like... Um, Dawn of the Dead and and stuff as well. Um, He calls them low art. They are low art. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's them, then comedy, then everything else. My God. You and the Academy. (laughs) (laughs) They're just like two steps below pornography. (laughs) Below pornography? Yeah, yeah. They're basically pornography for people that haven't had sex.
3: My God. I think I think the last person
1: is just shut off the podcast, <laughs> never to return. I, no, I don't think it's that bad. But um, yeah, I think the thing with horror movies is there's there's every year there's one or two really good ones come along, like You Get Out's and things. Um, and then there's a lot of real like generic remakes and a lot of really low budget, not great films that just rely on jump scares and things. Not everything can be Alfred Hitchcock. True. Um but anyway, uh, we digress. Um, but we I think we probably will be doing a horror episode in the not too distant future, I suspect. Oh yeah, we'll try to As do one just says
3: Halloween is come form. and gone. Halloween.
1: <laughs> it's not been yet. It, it by be the, time right time the time this time episode has come out, out, it will have. And but by it's... the time
3: we review it, it'll probably be November.
1: Well, technically you could say that one of the movies we're watching today is kind of a horror movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if next week will be a horror movie. You might just have a slight late horror movie episode. Spooky Halloween
3: episode. We do like our horror voices.
1: Ooh, I was working in the podcast studio late one night. He did the mash. He watched the monster mash, even though that's not a film. Anyway, on another story. Um, Speaking of stories, let's go to the news, Cal.
3: Well, speaking of low budget relying on jump scares not very good horror films we've got some uh box office news i uh, know you're going to talk about five right nights at freddy's has done really really well both in the u.s Isn't and internationally check, it's like 130 million a week it's 130 million and uh, the split is 52 in the rest of the world including the uk and 78 uh, sorry yes 78 here uh sorry over in the united them there united states of america but it's had very i was kind of excited for it but it's had very very tepid reviews very tepid reviews but also a day and date release with peacock so you can watch it right now on on peacock but it's still done exceptionally well usually that cuts the legs out but it's not which i kind of think goes to
1: show if you create experienced cinema people will still go and see it i I think um, Killer of the Moonflowers done okay at the box office. Yeah, which considering it's, it's going like straight onto
3: forty-five Apple, million worldwide and uh, straight onto Apple as well. Yeah,
1: which considering it's you know it's a difficult movie and anyone can pretty much pay five pounds to watch it for free, or, yes. or if they have Apple, even better, watch it straight away. I feel like that's quite impressive. Um, I don't think the Irishman did those numbers, so it's still no. it's still possible to to create a you know a bit of a moment, um, but uh, yeah. It's up to the marketeers to do a better job, and I think Absolutely. It has, And it goes to show as well, it doesn't have to be good because obviously, like Barbie and Oppenheimer, stuff, having, having a moment. They were both good movies, good to great. Um, like, so fair enough, they, they 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 had good legs, they were going to do well. Five Nights at Freddy's doesn't even seem like it's meant to be that good. So yeah, it's still. I do like the Josh
3: Hutcheson who's hasn't had a hit movie for well since the last Hunger Games is in this as the star and it's kind of like it's one of those things of oh i like him i'm glad he's got a hit under his name fair enough um my first piece of news this
1: week is they've (laughs) shockingly um having a third go at a very popular book making it into a tv show any ideas what that popular book could be
3: Third go, um, third
1: go. They're making it into TV series and stuff. They've made it into two movies previously.
3: Well, it can't be Harry Potter because that was that's only this is only its second go. Yeah. Um, no, I'm not. I'm I'm drawing a blank.
1: It is the girl with the dragon tattoo. Oh, really? Nice. Um, because everybody knows that the, the first, a lot of people really go in for the Swedish ones, which was actually a TV series, yes, music, I was. suppose, yes. that was then made into movies. I never quite sat quite right with me that one. I thought the ages of the characters were all wrong and stuff. Um, then I really liked the um, David Fincher one. Shocking, because I loved David Fincher, <laughs> um, that, that they did in the US. But. Obviously, then they spent too much money on it. It didn't make enough money back. And then they made a really tepid um, kind of recast. Yes, they did. Spiders with Claire play. Foy. Yeah, with Claire Foy, which um, I haven't seen, but I've never not heard good things about. Um, but now, Amazon are making it into a TV series. Um I don't really know if it needs another
3: stab. Probably not, but it's an IP and that's all people care about.
1: I kind of wish they'd go back to David Fincher and say, can you just not make the next two, make them back to back and make them yeah. for like a reasonable
3: sum of money. Maybe make two for the price that he did the first one yeah. for. And if you wrap it into the same production as Peter Jackson and um, uh, James Cameron learn, they use save some money down the road because you're using a lot of the same tools to and, make a v- very big production. And you haven't got to like
1: get the actor schedule sorted twice. Yeah, exactly. And, um, yeah, anyway, maybe don't do 90 takes, David, Yeah. Um, for someone eating burger. You can burger.
3: never get him to do anything fewer than 90. Yeah,
1: although interestingly enough, he is also now saying that he's considering a social network too, although he says it could open a can of worms.
3: That. Yeah, I did see um, that.
1: So yeah, strange, strange goings on.
3: Anyway, um, your second piece of news column. Well, um, they're trying to have another go at the... Um, Highlander franchise, but this time with Henry Cavill in the leading role and uh, Chad Staliski, who's the uh, director, I think, of the um, majority of the John Wick films. I think maybe no, the first one and then he did it branched out and a few other people took over. Uh, Lionsgate's going to be doing it, but they're taking it to the American film market because Lionsgate, I don't think, are re- I think they're reluctant because they're not the biggest studio. They're reluctant to put up a hundred million dollar mm. plus budget. So I think... They'll distribute it and probably put up like 30 or 40, but with the idea that they can scrounge up the other 60 from various other production companies. And funds And, things, and yeah. if they get them from various countries, then that sort of creates inroads between making your money back through pre-sales and things like that. Um, Henry Cavill as the Highlander. I was going to say he can't do, I'm not sure if he can do a Scottish accent, but then again, neither could um, the Frenchman who played it before, who actually didn't know English. I forget his name now. Um, and you had a Scottish person in that movie, Sean Connery, playing a Spaniard. That movie is bonkers, but it's got a great uh, Queen soundtrack. Well, great and Queen. You'd be the debate that oh you're not the biggest i like queen songs but i don't know if i I'm... think in a way they're good for movies because they have the yeah. pomp and ceremony so like um flash uh ah. i think they're just for me they're a live
1: band they're not a band to and they're quite kind of well they're not necessarily prog they're kind of quite i don't know bombastic stadium music yeah and yeah i think they work for films but i
3: don't always want to listen to them so, so bits of them I like. I, I'd be curious to see if they'll try to get any of the main <clears> soundtrack from the first film and um, get a, a cover or just put it in again. But interested to see how that will work. Fair enough. Um,
1: we bought the news a few weeks ago that the writer's strike was over. Yay! Yay! Hollywood going back to normal. Uh-uh. <laughs> As the uh, SAG-Aphra strikes still is dragging, dragging on. on. Yep. Uh, so the actors are still arguing away with the studios. The studios are saying they've got as far as they can go and they won't budge. And the actors are saying it's not enough. Um, so they, they were they, they pause their discussions on Friday so mm-hmm. this long running saga uh, does not look like it's, uh, it's not going to any end soon. anytime soon. I, I can just imagine like them getting towards the end of it and then the directors going well hang on we're worried about AI too what if you just get a computer to edit and direct it's it It's opening me? a huge
3: <laughs> thing a huge kind of uh, sea change is happening I think so people are realising wait a minute I'm worth more than that and then other people who are reluctant to join can look at the success of the writers or the just how long these actors are holding out, and you know, many of them will have to kind of they won't be able to work. So they will have to, the, the mega rich ones, uh, except for the mega rich ones, they'll have to kind of choose other professions. But they're doing it because they know it's a a greater good sacrifice mm. later on down the line. I, it could be that I think the visual effects uh, teams are thinking about striking next. I've heard. They, they
1: probably more than anyone, both from from a uh, I, I think immediately i i think you know i think having ai and and like scanning actors and things down the line definitely is a problem Uh, and obviously they've already done that in in regards to actors before for like something like gladiator where they needed to like make yes uh, there's a
3: crowd scene in the latest disney plus movie where they just look like robots Mm. but
1: they you know that's 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 one thing um but actually, with special effects and things, you could see a world where you just type in, make this special effect, mm-hmm. and it almost does it for you, and you just have to go and tweak it and, and stuff uh, and take a lot of those jobs away. Although, it, again, this is where, you know, the, maybe there's a balance to be struck. on When it comes to things like writing and acting, you know, there's certainly when it's, like, main roles of acting and, and it's, you know, writing the core of the script and things you want I want a human now, I want that warmth and, oh, absolutely. And, and you know I can't imagine a world where not for twenty or thirty years where that uh, where a computer could replicate that anyone who's used chat g p t which I've realized obviously you know there will be five will come out and that'll be infinitely better, and six will come out but it's still it's very inhuman and and I don't think it would have that kind of until something someone's done something it's not going to have that kind of like sparkle of magic on it, but actually when it comes to something like CGI where there is a lot of artistry involved, but actually the boring bit is doing all the bits in between the artistry. Yes. It could be something where actually a lot of, but there's not enough people who work in, in special effects in, in Hollywood. There's, the, you know, there's well, a real shortage of them. Um, and they were, because of that, they're massively, massively overworked. So it could
3: be a way to fill in some it of the gaps. It could be. And I, I imagine that's what they'll, if they do go on strike, that will be the terms of contract mm-hmm. negotiations of what they can use AI for. Because yeah. I'm sure they've thought of these things too and know that I think a lot of AI was brought in for the Spider-Verse film. Uh, for little bits like putting the kind of the line, the comic book lines on people mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, so I think if they that, yeah it makes sense, they're yeah, going to go and do every single exactly. shot. <clears throat> um, so I'm I'm sure they're figuring out a way that where they can use it, but under their own terms rather mm-hmm. than under the studio's terms. Yeah, but yeah. Anyway, TBC.
1: Things are still not moving. So uh, good luck to going to
3: run out of things to review. Yeah, well, so for English films because that's um, that's not uh, the guilds. And other countries. So we start to do foreign films, I, I mean, guess. excitingly, now
1: that James Corden's coming back to the UK, maybe <laughs> oh, no. we can get lesbian vampire killers too. Oh, no. Um, you know, get the British what film industry going What fresh hell again. is this? <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, that is that is the news for the week. Um, so, Callum, what are we
3: going to talk about for the main meet at this point? Podcast. Well, it's interesting we're talking about animation because um, we've got two Seth Rogen produced and at least co-written animated films. Uh, firstly, we've got the new film Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle, Turtles, sorry, Mutant Mayhem, I think is the full title. And then we got the film that he made uh, back in, I think it's 2013, Sausage Party. Mm-hmm. Was it 13? I thought it was a bit late in that, 15? Uh, m- now that you say that, I think it might be, it might oh, even 25. be 16 it is too sorry 2016 yeah anyway um
1: yeah absolutely two seth rogan movies um tmnt mutant madness who mayhem w- mayhem sorry who wants to go ahead and i can take it yeah go
3: for it okay so uh, it's a pretty well established story um heroes in a half shell turtle power Four turtles, uh, sprayed or or, um, bathed in some sort of mutant-making ooze by a mad scientist type. Um, They go down into the sewer, they escape into the sewer, where they're raised by uh, Master Splinter, who is a mutated rat. But like every Disney princess, they want to be part of your world. And so they keep on breaking out and trying to make friends with people uh, above, trying to do all the human things without getting seen until they're seen by April O'Neill, a uh, teenage... She wants to be a, a journalist, but she's having problems coming over her nervousness in a very gross scene um, <laughs> in front of the camera. And um, together they try to break down a crime syndicate that has some uh, inroads into this whole mutated thing. Because the biggest of all the bad mutants part of that, as part of that crime syndicate is Superfly, played by Ice Cube. Uh, so Johnny, what did you think of TMNT, Mutant Mayhem? Yeah, not bad. <laughs> never gets old. <laughs> Actually, I changed it up. Yeah,
1: slightly. Um, no, I really 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 like it. I'm I'm kind of agnostic when it comes to TMNT. Like I watched it a bit as a kid, but it was never like I was never like this is the best thing ever like a lot of my friends and stuff were. Um and I I think the original cartoons were fairly vapid, should we say? They're a bit like Power uh, Power Rangers where they are there's a a premise that they're like how can we get like cool kind of kung fu or cool kind of robots fighting and stuff um, into a thing and and the dialogue was very secondary the voice acting is very stilted and cheesy and they just basically went, ah, oh, people in the 90s, people in the 90s like pizza. Yes. And people in the 90s like skateboarding and cool karate and stuff. And they just made a dig based on it, that. It
3: was where the word
1: extreme is but with three Xs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, it's very kind of early 90s. And then there's been different versions through time and it's either got better and worse. They've kind of, uh, um, like the early ones, there was none of this existential crisis involved, to put it that way. And then they kind of, and, but they were teenagers and then they kind of made them older when they went to the horrible Michael Bay movies like they, they, Michael Bay did these terrible CGI ones if anyone hasn't seen them where they they all have a, look like avocados and they're like massive and they like hench and and I'm pretty sure they're like meant to be like 25 instead of like 15 or 14 as they're probably meant to be and this is kind of like TMNT back to its roots but actually with character development and good voice acting and it's really well put together. Um, animation-wise, it's obviously taken a lot of inspiration from Spider-Verse, but it kind of feel or, or Mitchell's versus the machine, but it does still kind of feel very much like its own thing. So although it's got that kind of like strange, scrappy animation style, which seems to be very much in vogue at the minute, the character design's very unique, I think, and the background art is brilliant. Um, uh, yeah, I really like how it looks. I think for something that looks a bit strange and and gross at times, it manages to do that in kind of a cutesy but not too cutesy kind of way. Um, so yeah, I think that all works incredibly well. Um, the antagonist is is, is good and and his crew is very funny. And again, it takes enough kind of fun bits from the original show, um... Uh, and enough that it hasn't kind of like used up all the lore in the first one so you can see there being two or three of these movies quite easily um there's one storyline in it if i had to pick a big criticism which kind of doesn't go anywhere and i feel like is setting up for a second movie um and it's maybe a bit pointless and the character's like the worst character in it by far um but outside of that yeah really really works really like the voice cast both all the kids they've used they have actually used kids once and they've you know they got them to riff, um, with each other to to make some of the dialogue, which works really well. Um, Jackie Chan's Splinter's really good. Even just like really random things like Paul Rudd playing the I can't remember what the gecko's called, but this like gecko character. So it's quite they funny. They gets to
3: go. They have
1: got to go. <laughs> it, just like funny. It's just silly and funny. So yeah, no overall, really, really liked it. Yeah, i pretty- a sick soundtrack as well, both from the score, which is a uh, Trent Reznor, Atticus Ross cut which is always a bit of me uh
3: and also just saw the really cool rap music and 90s music they used i, I don't know what else i can say because uh <laughs> i think you've said it all but yeah no the the animation is very uh, wonderful it has a quality that looks like it's been drawn hastily by uh, teenagers with felt tip pens mm. and um it, it's very flickery and and uh scratchy um uh, yeah as you say it, it's really good fun um I was a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle, or as they were called here because of the uh, video nasty scare, Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles. Um, I I was a big fan of those as a child. I I used to watch the cartoons and buy all the toys, um, which makes me a bit more hypercritical when it comes to any any turtle media. So I'm a bit harder to impress, like as annoyed as you were by the um, Michael Bay films, I was just absolutely fuming and <laughs> oh, all that kind of you know I wouldn't want to sit next to me in a cinema because it would just be kind of grumbling and groaning yeah. <laughs> going to the angry dome um, so I was you know even with the good trailers and everything else that I'd heard, it still managed to impress me. And that was a bit of a mountain to overcome. But yeah, as you say, the, uh, the voice acting is really wonderful. I do really like the fact that they've got real teenagers to play the, and that they can riff together because usually in animation, you don't record your dialogue with another person. It's you in the booth talking, uh, saying your lines to the director who then will kind of bark directions in your ear. Little louder, please. A little quieter for that take, but in this one they just allowed them to go off. And I think you can tell that Seth Rogen and uh, I think it's Evan Goldberg is his co-writer. They really have a enjoyment for this sort of thing. You can imagine them being teenagers in Canada, watching the cartoons and really loving it. So it, it has a feel of a passion project superfly uh, ice cube is really intimidating and, and so well done and, and, yeah, it, and the fact that they managed to sneak in an nwa line yeah. this first line in the film is six in the morning police at my door um so they but you know that kind of thing can become obnoxious if it's overdone uh, and this didn't uh, even the rap soundtrack it seemed natural that they'd listen to kind of slightly remixed um versions of 80s and 90s old school with a k um rap tunes so no everything about this is really really funny and i like the animation i wasn't overly keen on the long running joke about milking um that again feeds into
1: the bad guy that i think is a pointless wasted storyline that's the only reason i could see to have them in there was to get that, yeah make that come to fruition but yeah
3: uh, that, that was the only thing I, I wasn't keen on it just felt like a, as gross as they were going with it and and grotesque it just felt like it slightly tripped over into ew sort of territory for me but only slightly and i know kids love ew that's what kids like they like bogeys and farts and stuff so you know you can i can see that playing very well with a, a group of 10-year-olds I, I didn't think i did think it was
1: so but I thought the payoff was almost worth it. But, like, yeah, it's not the strongest. There's a couple of little bits other that weren't, But, again, we're adults watching a film that is... Yes, exactly. Although it's definitely got a, like, huh, huh, all you people who grew up in the 90s who are now 30 with kids, you'll love this too. It definitely had that vibe about it. But, obviously, there is always going to be a... Who likes De La Soul?
3: <laughs> kids yeah. everywhere. What
1: seven-year-old is well into De La Soul?
3: <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. You have to play two crowds with uh, TMNT because it's built on nostalgia but you're also trying to get young people into it. Indeed. What's going on? <laughs> um, there was something
1: else I was going to say I forgot what it was. That's really good podcasting of me. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um,
3: I had it on the tip of my tongue. It, uh, it did quite well money-wise in the US. It didn't seem to do gangbusters the rest of the world. I think... The I turtles don't think it had great have...
1: marketing, and I think it was very close to Spider. First. Yeah, it was,
3: and um, I and don't. Th- I just well. don't think the turtles have ever had the kind of cachet here no. uh, outside of their peak years in the eighties and nineties. I, I think it's a secondary franchise. They here.
1: are very American. Like it's like with um, obviously the Simpsons were big here in mm-hmm. the UK, but they weren't like they were in America, where yeah. they were an institution. And it's the same, or, um, you yeah, know, there's quite a few of those shows that are just the
3: biggest thing for three or, or four you years. You looking at uh, your T-shirt, Snoopy and and, um, and uh, Peanuts. Yeah, never translated to quite the UK so much. Um, but yeah, you know, but it's still... Um, but I these franchises, had... they live on, on uh, video on demand. That's why Spider Verse, the sequel, jumped up so rapidly in terms of money of her sequel. So if they did the same, I could imagine that happening it was, again. It was also quite cheap to make,
1: I think. It was yeah. only like $30, 40000000 million, which is quite. And apparently. Didn't Seth Rogen always like created a studio from the ground up and like made sure that everyone had like a decent work week. Yes, and
3: because for the film we're going to be talking about, about next, bit, yeah, um, the it, there was horrible treatment of their animators, and I don't think Seth Rogen was aware about it until it was too late. So this time he made sure that that didn't happen. It's a Canadian studio, um, uh, so he can keep it homegrown. It's in Montreal, which has a lot of animation uh, animation studios, um, so it's a lot better treated the animators here. So, no,
1: um, really good. I can't, it's really bugging me. I had a really good point to make, and I can't remember what it was. Oh, I think I was going to say, actually, the ending was maybe a little bit kind of standard. Like, yeah. it's kaiju. I'm not going to give too much away, but kind of kaiju vibes. And I feel like that's been done a lot recently.
3: Yeah, I think so. Uh, there was a joke in um, Guardians 3, uh, go full kaiju. Um, <sighs> yeah, so I think it's a, it's a bit of a meme now. now. Um, but other than that, really good. Excellent. And yeah. I think that brings us up to I tried no, that for a stand-off. dollar. <laughs> <laughs> there was a, a standoff, there. Yeah, a standoff. If you, if you saw it in the studio, <laughs> our eyes locked like Clint Eastwood, and uh, um, in the good, the bad, and the ugly. Like, anyway, uh, the next film we're going to watch is the also Seth
1: Rogen co-written with, I think, with Gold. Um, yeah. Yes. Like, yes. With, yes. with um, his same writing partner, um, film Sausage Party. Um, sausage Party is about all of the foodstuffs that live in a grocery store. The main protagonist, who um, who is spoke... i not my phone boy. for ages. That's because my need to touch the computer. Um, yeah, uh, Seth Rogen's character is the main protagonist and he is a sausage in a pack who is waiting to be bought probably on 4th of July, because it's the big 4th of July sale and all hot dogs get bought on the 4th of July. Um, And he is in love with a bun who is in a packet of buns that's next to him. And they can't wait to meet together for the first ever time. But something might come along and ruin that. A mustard goes out into the world and all the little things in the store are told that... When they leave the shop, they get to go to their Nirvana and everything's great and everything good that's ever happened in life happens and it's an allegory for all different religions and things. But this mustard gets taken out of the store and then he actually gets bought back because it's the wrong type of mustard. So he goes back on the shelf and he's seen some shit. He was in Nam, boy. And he knows what really happens out there. And that starts to get filtered out to these characters, these cast of characters. And
3: quote-unquote hilarity ensues. Callum, what did you think? I'm glad you said quote-unquote because it's really not very funny. (laughs) Um, It's a lot more interesting to talk about, like to have an adult animation. That's been a thing on television for a long time, like Aqua Teen Hunger Force is probably the closest comparison, but then you have South Park, Family Guy and everything like that. But in cinemas, this... is a bit of a rarity that you get like a traditionally animated CG cartoon. It looks uh, with a celebrity voice cast and you think, oh, okay, well this, uh, I think it was like Fritz the cat before and then this. Yeah, exactly. Um, So that's a, that in itself. And then you had cases of um, on the posters, warnings had to be put out like, this is not for children. Stop taking your children to see sausage party. Um, So there were lots of things like that. Those are interesting. The movie is quite boring. I didn't like it that much. I've seen it twice now. I think I laughed like only two or three times. They were pretty good laughs, but um, the the voice cast is energetic, uh, as you would expect from um, Seth Rogen, Michael Cera, um, uh, Nick Kroll as the villain, um, you know, Kristen Wiig, a whole bunch of, you know, Paul Rudd, a whole bunch of comedy talent. But it's just not very funny. And it's not nearly, I think it thinks it's very progressive and pushing the boat out and um, whoa we're getting away with some weird shit in this cartoon but then it's like but yeah but it's the same stuff that Seth Rogen and you lot that the American comedy crowd swearing and shouting and talking about sex a lot except with a really clumsy and shoehorned in um, religious allegory um, <laughs> so kind of just rammed in there and with what's going on in the world at the minute exactly. it's a bit like Oof. Yeah, because there's a character that's a bagel, who's Jewish, and I can't remember... It's the, like a falafel wrapper. Uh, a falafel right? wrapper to some type, it's Middle East, and they keep arguing, and... It's, Talking like, about land being taken from each other. Yes, and, and there's like um a box of grits that's voiced by craig robinson um who's um you know supposed to be black um firewater up. firewater the native american um He's voiced by bill, bill Hayes, which also is also slightly Doing problematic voice, uh, an he also accent. does a
1: tequila he also does a tequila he, does a mexican accent like,
3: and think there's lots of jokes this. about the crackers took over our aisle I'm like ha mm. huh clumsy ah, allegory um, yeah, it's not very funny, uh, but it's over quickly. It's only like an hour and 20 minutes. And I quite liked the climax where they just go full kill rampage. Mm. I think that was quite funny um, because like there's a moment where they're celebrating. It's, sorry, it's a bit of a spoiler, but. Well, it's the second film you will allowed to spoil. Yeah, exactly. Um, and they're all celebrating and kind sort of high fiving and say, we saved the day. And in, in the background, you just see dead humans in the freezers. I thought, that's funny. That's the kind of thing that would really push the boat out. Just not nearly enough of this. Mm. Um, no, it's not very good, unfortunately. Uh, I tend to agree. I, I,
1: funnily enough, similar to you, when it first first came out, people were quite excited about it. Like, and it actually, like didn't get great reviews, but it was like three out of five, uh, you yeah, know, three out of fives and things. And I never got around to seeing it at the time. Um, I know a few people that went and saw it and had a bit of the old Seth Rogan green before they went in, and they uh, they found it hilarious. The Devil's
3: lettuce, you the mean? Devil's
1: lettuce, and I think that's maybe the issue. I think it's a twenty minute sketch that's been pulled down into an hour and 20 minutes movie by people that smoke too much weed yes and i i think that's the issue and i think they like they they've got stoned they've come up with a good idea and and let's be honest is seth Rogen, So they probably did get stoned like it's, it's oh, absolutely not, it's not like it's uh people going oh animations they all must be on drugs well, actually animation's really hard no it's seth rogan he definitely probably just smoked some weed And then they come up with this idea, like, oh, oh, oh." you know what would be funny? (laughs) If we, like, all the food came to life, and (laughs) hot dog going into a bun, sex jokes. (laughs) I I really
3: like your Seth Rogen
1: laugh. Yeah, (laughs) it's not that far (laughs) off. It's pretty good. Um, and, And then they went, okay, we've got 20 minutes here. How do we pull this into an hour and 20 minutes? I know, let's make it an allegory about religion. And then we can throw some ham fisted things about, like, really big issues in the world. And then at the end, everyone will just, like, cut everything up and kill everyone, and it'll be fucking hilarious. And then they've made it into an animated film. Um, And I kind of think... I think the sex jokes are quite childish, and they get... They're just not that funny after a point. The violence is probably the funniest stuff in it, like you say. Particularly the violence against humans um and i quite like the bit about the the guy doing bath salts that they'd actually be able to see everything for the, the sea yeah of the food i, I thought that was quite life.
3: funny i think anything human related is you, actually quite funny yeah
1: that was the stuff that worked but it, the same, it was just the same jokes over and over again not done particularly well nick kroll was very funny as the douche um but a bit very gross but well, uh, yeah, that's kind of expected <laughs> like anyone who's seen big mouth yeah okay it's gonna go that way um like, but he was probably the, the the best voice acting in it. I think everyone else was there, like...
3: They were doing what they do.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um I just don't think it worked. Also, the animation is
3: ugly as fuck. It's really quite gross like, to look it, at. It's
1: quite low budget, anyway. Um So, like, fair enough. The stu- and, and it seemed like everyone was, like, worked to the bone on it. So I feel bad to have a go at the animators. But, oh, my God, it was awful it was so ugly such bad cgi really bland the backgrounds were terrible to the extent where some of the visual jokes i don't think even worked as well as they wanted them to like, just didn't one work of the good. humans
3: her, her chin is so pointed yeah. it's like it's really quite distracting this
1: yeah the the james franco the kind of main human that's in it really ugly mm-hmm. like really badly animated and yeah, but all the just all the characters, the buns, and the, even just like going on like the graphics on the writing of the like, so ketchup and things were so badly done. I, I really, so yeah, I don't just. There's not much for me to like in this movie. I yeah. just I don't think it's that funny. I think it's really ugly. I think it's a maybe a funny concept that runs out of steam after 20 minutes, and the, when it thinks it's trying to be actually smart it's not very smart um so yeah unfortunately it's a film I'd really like to like i like pretty much all the crew that are involved like yeah you know, Seth Rogen kind of Judd Apatow crew um
3: and stuff but
1: yeah i just don't think
3: it works on any level no not it not really fan. doesn't um do you remember that Ricky Gervais film the invention of lying yeah where it's similar it's a it's a gag idea and then it becomes a, a film about atheism surprise surprise from Ricky Gervais and it's similarly sort of like a similar thing to that, I, I started thinking about, and you don't want to remind me of Ricky Gervais if you want me to like your film, <laughs> um, well, at least post 2006 or so. Um, and I started thinking about that film, The Invention of Lying, and it just got me thinking it never works, this. Like, it doesn't matter what side of the religious kind of spectrum, atheist or religious or or wherever, um, it, it never works. Whenever writers try to do their big finger wagging telephathon, about um this side or that side it's just preachy and even at the end when one of the characters says no don't be so preachy that's why people no one's listening to you it still comes across preachy and yeah it's just there's there no you're right there is very little to like i know that's trying to be kind of not pc and everything like that and but Actors doing accents of other races, yeah, it was very uncomfortable. Yeah, as well. I was like, Oh, is Edward Dalton Jewish? and googled it, and I was like, No, and ironically, David Krumholtz, who plays the Middle Eastern character, is Jewish, yeah, <laughs> I, um, I feel like but you, not
1: Middle Eastern. I, I kind of feel like you need to get people in on the gag, yes, if you're doing that. So, I feel like if you had to if you actually got Woody Allen pre or yeah, all the problems to do exactly. that voice, or if, you know, if you got some, like if you Zach got people Braff
3: or someone like that, yeah. maybe.
1: But like to, when you've got someone else, uh, I just don't, I feel like they're not in on the, I think you. I think you can do that kind of thing, but you have to have someone who you have to do the, because obviously Seth Rogen's Jewish yes, and obviously has quite strong opinions on Israel. Um For anyone who had his kind of, when he did the American pickle, um, uh, like marketing oh, he yes. said some quite strong things about it as well. Um, and yeah, fair enough. Like everyone's entitled to their opinions. And I don't necessarily disagree with a lot of what he says. But I kind of feel like to then pick a, a Christian or put somebody who's got a Christian background to then do, do a really hokey Jewish voice a really, really bad like really impression. impression yeah and
3: kind of really undermines the point and then the jokes point. about um the middle eastern falafel going to heaven oh sorry to Heaven's the op- 77 extra seven... virgin olive oils yeah exactly uh, i think it's all a very
1: and then have that person played by a jewish actor I said, yes i just think i think that's um it, that i think that's doesn't work for me <laughs> um, is is another thing i think that's what i think you can do allegories but i think they have to be very Um, I think they have to be a lot more abstract. I I think that's when it, like, something like Zootopia, or I've just watched Elemental as well, something like Elemental. They're quite abstract, The allegories comparatively. I mean, they're still there, they're still hitting you over the head a bit, but they're they're fairly abstract. But I think when you do it that on the nose, you've either got to to go in and do it properly and actually, like, really um, make it make a point, or you... Yeah, I just think they they kind of did this thing. So then, it, and again, not to give too much away, but so they could they can have a kind of uh, a joke at the end that's very at expense of religion as a whole. I would say because most yeah, yeah. religion is, is not great for LGBT plus people. Let's be honest, Q Q plus sorry. Um, uh, and so they did this thing at the start that's very ham fisted to kind of get to a point where they can do something about that. And again, I think you've got to dot the I's and cross the T's if you're going to do that kind of stuff, and I think they very much haven't. So I think that also doesn't sit that well with me. And again, I think that, partially, I think you wouldn't do that now. I think if if they were making this movie now, they probably would think about these things more. At the time, they were like, (laughs) someone's given me $17 million
3: to make a gross Uh, movie. I'm going to make a couple of ham-fisted points. Seth Rogen is... If there's someone who's a poster child for someone who maybe was quite problematic early on, not in sort of doing anything terrible, but sort of his taste in humor, yeah. and then uh, over the years has kind of done nothing but progress. I feel
1: like as we all do, as, as human, we it's all like do. If, you look, if we looked at what we like, talked about when a, we were eighteen, you'd yeah, we're well, quite. Be like, and
3: he certainly doesn't stick his head in the sand nor does he dig his heels in he's very much a person who flows with what's going on in the world and i really respect seth He's one of my favorite people in hollywood mm-hmm. and i think comes across as a real good guy. yeah exactly and i think if nothing else this just shows how far he's come i mean i, I think how far to an extent we've all come like yeah. if, if i think if someone else if
1: put this out now it would almost seem quite right wing like it would almost be yes. right wing people would write this. Whereas I think at the time, it was almost seen as progressive, which just shows how people have changed from their opinion. I think it's why someone like Ricky Gervais has gone very out of vogue very quickly. Because like seven or eight years ago, what he was saying, people were like, yeah. And now people are like, actually, is that just not a different way of being, um, what's the word? Being prejudicial. Like Actually, are you not just being prejudicial to Christians or what? You know, I, I think that is you know that how things have changed i think people i think part of everything that's happened with me too mm-hmm. and yes. you know lgbtq plus rights is actually as a whole i think people are doing a better job of well not everyone but a lot of people are doing a better job of putting themselves in other people's shoes and thinking about how other people would feel in that scenario and i think at that point it was more like fuck this thing fuck this That you know i think things have got a bit more well-rounded
3: you, and, and this thing nihilism at one point was very in vogue mm-hmm. for cool people um being cynical and nihilistic and just saying fuck everything and now we're we're more uh, empathetic um, well, i think it, what people
1: maybe have realized is by just being nihilistic you end up with donald trump and you yes. end up with um with uh Boris Johnson and, and you know yes, very much Marie so. Le Pen or whatever. Where actually people actually need to start giving a shit about things and thinking about other people and maybe compromising a bit and coming together and moving the world forward. You know, we've got some big things we've got to sort out like global warming and stuff and just being like a cunt to people doesn't really uh, Yeah, it doesn't solve <laughs> doesn't anything. Solve yeah, exactly. Now, as what's going on in the Middle East shows at the moment. Well, yes, exactly. I think we've saved the world. I think we have. We've put the world we've, to rights. Yeah. And uh, yeah, well, quite you know the very important podcast how we've gone from a movie about um about a hot dog fucking a bun to uh, <laughs> saving the world so that's the kind of thing
3: that happens on this podcast it's at this point where rob will put in a round of applause yeah hint hint wink wink uh, putting a round of applause here right now
1: Anyway, so yeah, I think we've both decided we didn't really like that movie that much. I think so. I, I did like it. I, I think I watched it maybe two or three years after it came out. I probably watched it on a plane. I've only
3: seen it twice and I've probably seen um, it about two or three years after it came out too. And I wasn't that fussed with it at the time. so Yeah, I remember thinking it was a bit nothing then, but mm. I actively disliked it. This time. Th- now. I think I
1: thought about, I thought, yeah. I and mean, I think, again, it's that, that, that spectrum of how we've come a long way in eight years. Yes, yes, very much so. Excellent. I think that probably brings us to the Raps end all up. of these movies. So, Callum, T-M-N-T,
3: Mutant Mayhem. That's right. Um, I'm between two scores. I think I'm between seven and eight, but I'm leaning towards eight just because I liked it so much. Uh, it's funny. It's slick. It's very charming with the animation and the voice acting. Um, it's just good. a good fun time in the cinema. If you have, like, a 10-year-old who's sort of at that point when they're still like kiddie stuff, but they're also kind of into picking their nose and thinking farts are funny, this will hit, that will be the the sweet spot. Uh, and then for the 30-year-olds who never stopped thinking farts are th- funny and also going, is that Run DMC in the soundtrack? Is that is that a reference to NWA? I think they'll love it too. So it's a, a crowd pleaser. It's well-rounded, 8 out of 10 interesting it's an easy eight
1: for me i almost consider giving it a nine but i think there is too much basic humor and i do think that I have it has basically a, plot, a whole plot, point that doesn't need to be there and, and, and i've got a problem with the ending um so i think that's why it's an eight but otherwise i yeah I, I like the soundtrack i like the visuals i like the story i like the voice acting you know it's not a lot i didn't like it just there's a few areas it could have just been made perfect
3: so yeah and sausage party ugly it's not nearly as progressive as it thinks it is uh, it's got some all right voice acting especially i think nick kroll is the star of the show as you say he's a good villain he's always a good voice actor yeah anyway. he's always <laughs> fun he's good fun um but it's it's just too ugly and kind of with its chest puffed out thinking that it's solving the big issues it's just not funny i think and laughing twice is wh- way not enough for a comedy i think five or six is the limit for to be a considered a proper comedy so I'm gonna leave it at three it's just not good i agree with everything you said um
1: i i just i just didn't enjoy watching it's a weird one i didn't like actively i wasn't it wasn't something like Blonde, where I was like actively, my blood was Mm -hmm. boiling while I was watching it. But there was a lot of stuff that just sat really uncomfortable with me, and I just didn't find it funny. And it's ugly. Um, uh, The biggest, the best thing about it is it's short. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yes, very much so. It's now in twenty minutes. So, so I didn't hate it, so it's not a one. But there's not much to like about it. so It's a two for me. Okay. Um, So yeah, that means we've both agreed eight out of ten on TMNT. Mutant Mayhem mm-hmm. I want not say madness every time I know um, and it's a two and a half yes. I think we make it for Sausage yes. Party so I think that's a very much a don't watch it's one of our lowest scores for a while actually for
3: a long time we usually have, we've been having a lot of sevens and eights a yeah. um, few sixes and fives and stuff but yeah. you to go we haven't watched anything that we've been like actively like I have. I, I guess because of this while. how we orchestrate this we kind of go oh we could watch that film oh, I really like that film um, so we do tend to quite like everything.
1: Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one, and we and you can comment on uh, on our socials what you think. Like, it's quite good having a film that we don't enjoy. Yes, like because we, we we bicker about it, or even better, one that one of us really likes, and one that yes, one of us like hates, a ha- like a
3: hackers, or although that's more mild.
1: Yeah, um, but more more like a speed racer. Yes, but the issue with that is then it means one of us has to watch a film or both of us have to watch a film that we yeah, really don't I enjoy. I
3: know, it, And uh, because we do this in our spare time, it does become a bit of a, sure. should we, <laughs> should we not? Although I'm trying to get back into watching movies properly because this Halloween, try to watch at least two or three horror movies per week. And I've been realising that if unless it's podcast time, I tend to look at my phone quite a lot. So it's like the challenge is you're not allowed to, even if you hate the movie, <laughs> you're not allowed, <laughs> you can pause it to go make a cup of tea or something, but you can't look at your phone. Well, I wish I had that much time to watch movies. My, my, the, the, it seems to be the time that I have the most
1: time to watch movies is on aeroplanes, so <laughs> uh, I can just about squeeze two in a week at the minute. But no, um, yeah, it's, 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 an, it's, a, it's an interesting one. Um, I think it's, uh, where it works best is where there's a new movie that comes out, like Pinocchio is a really good example. Yeah. There was a real like period of stinkers going on streamers last year as well. We ended up watching
3: quite a few of them. And ones that weren't always necessarily meant to be stinkers. Yeah, so we just kind of watched it open-minded, I guess, mm-hmm. not knowing about the score or anything like that. So, yeah, anyway. Oh, that's twice. twice in an episode. That's bringing back the classic. <laughs> um, but, yeah, anyway,
1: um, tell us what you think. We'd should be interested we to know. Do more, um, send us should a we argue more? Should we agree more? What do you yeah, think? Yeah, what do you want? Uh, anyway, uh, thanks very much, guys, for listening. Thank you. Um, we will probably squeeze in one maybe Halloween episode before we go off to the other side of the world and then there'll be some interesting content coming out, hopefully. Uh, One thing which I think will be very funny, maybe video-wise, but we'll see. Anyway, thanks very much, guys, and see you next week. Bye. Bye.
3: Turtle Power.